Welcome to the Paper Talk podcast, where we have candid conversations with emerging artists and industry leaders about all things paper flowers. Through this podcast, we hope to continue to share knowledge, connect all of us together, and elevate the artistry of each and every one of us. Hello, I'm Quinn Wen. I'm Jesse Chu. I'm Priscilla Park. Our mission is to share, connect, and elevate the paper floral industry. We are some of the voices behind the Paper Floors Collective. Welcome to our podcast, Paper Talk. You're listening to episode nine of Paper Talk. Stay on over coffee. We're discussing how to consult with the bride. Welcome everybody. We are approaching wedding season or we're actually deep in wedding season right now because almost the end of June for us, we're really excited to help you on this process on how to when a bride or a wedding couple approach you, how do you go about pricing your items? How do you consult them on getting them in the pathway to getting a custom order? I know all of us do a lot of weddings. So one of the things that I would definitely recommend is having a very clear website. If you want to do a wedding, make sure your website is very clear that you do wedding orders. Some people, they don't do wedding orders. What I do is I have a custom form that brides can put in their wedding date, the location, what colors they want for the bouquet, the style that they want their bouquet in. So do they want it country and rustic? Do they want it modern and clean? Do they want a traditional bouquet that's like more of a round look? Or do they want more of a wild and free look to the bouquet? And so we definitely talk about the types of flowers. Do the flowers have particular meanings? Because usually when a bride orders paper flowers, it's a special bride. They already understand how long it takes for you to do your paper flowers. And so it's something meaningful that they want to have it as a keep. Say. So that's one thing that I do. What do you do, Jesse? I don't have a form on my website, but that's a really, really great idea because what usually ends up happening is somebody will contact me through my website usually, and uh, they'll give me some basic information, but I often have to go back and ask them for specific details. I think you're real, you're on the right track in terms of asking for so much detail, really as much detail as possible, because you're really trying to understand their personality. You're trying to understand the mood and the feel that they want to convey through that bouquet. Often that bouquet is an accessory to what they're wearing. It's not supposed to overwhelm them or overshadow their uh, gown or what they look like. It's supposed to be complimentary. So you do want to get information about their dress. I think it speaks a lot to their personality. For example, one of my early brides, she spray painted bottom of her white gown. She actually had it professionally sprayed. It told me a lot about her personality and it helped me understand what she was looking for in her flowers. And it relates easily also to the type of bridal bouquet. You know, you had talked about, is it round? Is it wild and free? Is it organic looking? That could also be a reflection on the venue. Is the venue outdoor? Is it, you know, in a rustic barn or is it in, you know, a modern uh, modern art gallery? I think that will tell you a lot about what they are looking for, even if they're not quite sure. The other thing I do ask for, too, to get a better understanding is any Pinterest images. Now, you do have to be careful with Pinterest because Pinterest has just this a huge volume of beautiful images, your client might not necessarily understand what the cost associated with that those images are. Not just in terms of real flowers, like fresh flowers, but also paper flowers. But I do find it helpful because it gives me an idea of the types of colors they like. It's often very difficult for them to communicate the actual color scheme. I mean, they may say like, oh, pink and peach, but there's so many different shades, so many different moods that can be conveyed through the imagery by them just 
listing the colors, it might not be visual enough for me to understand. And also because pricing, it's a great way to explain to them, well, image versus this image. Well, there's so many more flowers in this or this size is a lot bigger than this. And then the other thing I do is and you had mentioned a great website. I think that's fantastic. Having a portfolio, whether they're actually bridal bouquets that you've done in the past or ones that you have tons of time, you had no commission, but you have tons of time and you're making your own just to showcase what you can do. I think that's fantastic. Uh, what I do also mm-hmm. is I send them a link to uh, specific examples and I give them the pricing at the same time and the look. I find it works particularly well with smaller bouquets because people will think, oh, maybe smaller will cost less. That's not necessarily the case. It's the intricacy that goes into it, it, the type of flower that goes into it. And I think having visual examples makes it a lot easier for you to make the bride understand where you're coming from in terms of price and also keeps you two on the same page in terms of expectations of what a, for example, $200 bridal bouquet or bridesmaid bouquet may look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having a differentiate between a bride and a bridesmaid bouquet because you want the bride to stand out. So the price is definitely going to be higher. So having them understand what's the difference between those two is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Jesse brought up a really great point about the venue. That's another thing that's really important, especially for paper floors. So we know what environment our flowers are going to be in. So they're going to be, they want paper flowers and they're having like a waterfall wedding or something ridiculous. Like you never know, you know, people do crazy stuff, but knowing the venue and the location and what I will also do once they give me their ideas, I'll send them a mood board. And it's usually just something really simple, but it's pictures I put together of my actual work. So not just of what they, you know, sent me, but so they'll have realistic expectation of what it'll look like, what colors that I am thinking. And that helps a lot, even with simple things, adding in the color of the ribbon, because sometimes, as I'll, so many times I'll ask a bride, how do you want your bouquet finished? Do you have a preference? They're like, oh, I never even thought of that. Uh, what do you think? And then you'll show them the thing. Oh, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So I just did a wedding consultation last week and I actually met with the couples. And because usually a bride will get her dress altered or something, they'll trim the bottom because they always make it extra long. Ask for those trimmings because you can add that lace piece or that satin piece onto finishing up the bowl. That's a great mm-hmm. idea. So you guys... It's a special touch. Uh, do you guys normally charge for your ribbons? I include it into the price. Yeah, me too. Because it's like a personal touch that you do. Another really good component is during your beginning time, this is a great time to see if you guys are a good fit. You need to trust your instinct. If you find that you're feeling uncomfortable, that this bride is going to be a bridezilla and you don't have the patience to deal with it, this is your time to say, I don't think we're a good fit, but I can refer you to some other people that I think will fit you a little bit better, especially if this is also a great time to find out where they're located. Are you going to hand deliver the bouquet? Do you have to mail it out? If you do mail it out, what is your shipping time? You always want to do extra padding on shipping because you never, it's off your hand. You have no liability on when it's up in the air or on a ship or whatever, traveling to its final destination. So what's your backup plan if the bridal bouquet doesn't arrive to the bride in time for the wedding? That is a huge component that you have to be aware of. Also our worst nightmare, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I cannot control. But yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. That's a really good point. I tend to try to work backwards. So obviously finding out the wedding date is really, really important. Ask more questions. You know, for example, maybe your bride is, sorry, it's a destination wedding. You know, she has to travel. So does it make sense to send it to the venue? Will the venue accept 
the package? Or does it make more sense to send it directly to your bride? In which case, when is your bride starting to travel? Is she going to be home to receive the package? You should get all those logistic questions answered and then work backwards to figure out, well, how much time do I need to spend on this commission? Like you said, I mean, it's something you can't control. Same with pricing. Pricing is one of those things that I think we all do a little bit differently. I personally give a quote that has a range. So it's a range, a low price and a high price, depending on the service I actually use. And because mine are usually shipped out, I've had some practice and experience in terms of knowing what boxes I will use for a particular type of bouquet. So most of my bridal bouquets are big. So I know the size of the box that I'm going to use. And so I just plug those numbers into the dimensions into Canada Post or Secure Ship or whatever shipping system you use. It'll spit out certain numbers always give a range. And that's because I don't know at the time whether or not I can commit to one quote because it could be more or it could be less. Who knows, right? So, but I mean, setting those expectations at the very least, at the very beginning, your bride will understand that, oh, the cost is not just the bouquet or corsage or whatever it is alone. They also have to factor in the shipping costs. You really don't want to throw that in at the end right? If you throw that in at the end, they're not going to be very happy. They may not pay, want yeah. to pay for it. So make sure you, you know, you add that in at the very beginning so that they know what their budget is. Mm-hmm. Another really component to think about is a deposit fee or a retainer fee. So the proper terminology that a lot of the wedding industry people are using right now is a retainer fee, because usually when a deposit is mentioned, it means that they get the money back. A retainer fee means that you keep it and it's applied toward the balance of the price. And so another thing that you might want to think about on your website and your language when you're using it in a consultation, do you charge? I know, Jesse, you charge for like mm-hmm. the whole thing. You ask yes. for the whole payment in front. I do mine where I have a deposit and usually it's 50% or 75% depending on the amount that they're ordering it at. And also most of my brides tend to order me way in advance. And I that clearly in my website where I try to take only one wedding order a month because that leaves me time to do other orders that are not wedding related, but wedding takes such a huge amount of time and adds so much personality to it that I want to make sure that I leave enough time on that. And so what that retainer fee applies to me is I reserve a certain amount of time to make that bridal bouquet. And so that's why I charge that. I usually charge in full unless they request it, then maybe I'll break it up and do 50%. But otherwise I prefer to get it all in full and very clear about the no refund policy if I do get it all in full because I don't want to have them try to cancel a few months you know, out from the wedding. Yeah, so that's like, I love getting paid in full. We all do, right? But that's not always practical for some brides. So I try to work with them if they need that time. I think if you can get it in full first and then if they request otherwise, then you can at that point address those concerns. The last thing you want is for you to have spent the time or like Quinn said, allocated the time for that commission and your bride cancels, but you've already allocated that time, right? So now you've got a month where you have no commissions that you could have taken before. So there's a cost to that. Mm -hmm. Good point. Very good point. And a lot of people don't get that. They're like, well, why can't I cancel? And they don't understand that you've turned down other orders in order to take their business. So just educating, you know, if they do kind of come at you like, oh, so what if I want to cancel whatever? Just be very clear in the beginning what your policy is, why you have these policies in place, even though you don't have to under explain every detail, but just make sure they understand your policies clearly. Yeah, absolutely. This is also a great time to think about a contract. I think that's really important to have always that in place because you never know what will happen and you want to make sure you cover yourself. Yeah. 
So I mean, Etsy does a great job of providing a, a contract. I mean, essentially, they once they purchase it, that's their acceptance of the offer. If you don't use Etsy, like I, I don't use Etsy, and I know Quinn, when you do private commissions too, you don't. It doesn't go through Etsy. You know, send an invoice out. An invoice is a contract once it's paid. Make sure you have terms in the invoice that clearly states, you know, the date. Uh, of the wedding, the date of the invoice, what services or products you're providing, the cost, what's been paid, what's outstanding, any shipping and delivery terms as well, refund policy. I not, normally put in there that the cost should be paid 100%, but that that payment is to really actually reserve their order. And if they don't pay it within, let's say, seven days, I have no ongoing commitment towards that order. And I think you have to be really clear about that because there are some brides that just kind of ghost you a little bit and then come back two months later, a month before their wedding. And they're like, well, you know, I've decided I want to hire you. Well, you've given me only a month that, you know, you probably have other things on your plate at that time. And so you don't want to to run into the issue of having someone approach you very last minute where they've thought that you've already committed and you thought they weren't committing. You don't want to have that discussion at that time. Yeah. So do make sure that you put in there that uh, payment is to reserve the order and then it has to be done within a certain period of time. Otherwise, there's no guarantee of delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another great point to add to your contract is like a cutoff date for changes. You don't want a bride who at the last minute, oh, actually I want this, or actually I recently had one and she was sweet and so it was fine. And, you know, I hadn't actually finished or anything, but at the last minute she realized she measured all her dimensions wrong and she needed all these changes. And it wasn't last, last minute, but it was pretty close to last minute. And I let it slide because I hadn't put that in my contract. But if I had of, then it would have just saved me a little headache in the end. But definitely be clear about that. Very, very good point. Anything else we should probably comment? No, I was just going to comment about your mood board because I don't do one unless it's requested. <laughs> I do one for myself. So work. then it helps yeah, me I to just, have yeah. one. And then I send it to them just because I don't want, like, some people are just strange, you know, and they have one thing in their head, even though they're looking at the flowers that I'm showing them, they should, like I'm recommending, and then you never know. But it just helps me keep organized. So I don't always do it, but just, I'm like, why not? I already have it done for myself. So I as well. So, yeah, you know. for sure. Mm-hmm. What else could we include? I think clarifications on flower types yeah. is always, because when you say a rose, what oh my God, of rose? Hundreds, yeah, hundreds of types of rose, color shades. I So I like using Pantone um, colors because everyone has the exact color and you can actually get a physical color swatch and you can like, or you can do paint chips. Like if you go even more yeah, and you have all these paint strips, you can say, hey, are you talking about this particular color? Having something physical that you can actually showcase and that you can actually have on hand is really great on finding that particular color. Because some brides, they are very particular about color. So take the extra step, ensure that that blue that they're talking about is not a baby blue or a slate blue. So completely different blues. And for us, we can use uh, DM tools, uh, the color spray. So we can get that sheet because um, you, if you don't already have one, you can, I'm sure you can request it somewhere online, but there's a, a sheet with all of their colors in one spot. And I've taken pictures of different color sections and then made a clause for them and circled which ones they're thinking about or just so anything. So you can just be very, very clear on the color. Exactly. It's so important. So Quinn, you mentioned before that you do, uh, sorry, you met with a couple last week. Do you often do bridal consultation in person? I really love doing that because I feel like I connect with them and it's always a special bride and groom that always asks for paper flowers and they're usually DIYs. They really want that momentum. They dabbled in paper flowers before so they know how long and intricate it takes. 
but they want an expert in paper flowers. Like for example, when I do my renewal vows, <laughs> Jesse, you're my person that I'm going to ask to do my paper flowers. That makes me so honored. <laughs> so honored. <laughs> Actually, that's the first time I had heard of Jesse. Well, maybe I think Marilyn, and she said Jesse was doing her bouquet, and I was like, wait, who's Jesse, and who made that amazing bouquet? Yes, that's when I first heard about Jesse too. I was blown away. I was like, who is this girl? Uh, you guys are so sweet. So <laughs> yes, Marilyn. Marilyn's wonderful. She, I was so honored to do her bridal renewal bouquet for her. And then I think I did bridesmaid bouquet. I made a honor bouquet for her daughter. It was so special. She's, yeah. she's wonderful. Like, yeah. And then later on, I got to meet her through at the maker's meeting. Such a sweet woman. But no, I'd be so honored to do yours. <laughs> <Your> bridal <laughs> consultation over Skype. <laughs> Yes. Oh, Quinn, let's but be yes. horrible, Brad. <laughs> Bother Jesse. I wanted a clean point. <laughs> oh, no. But yes, I love meeting my couples in person because I feel like I get a better connection. And when I'm creating the paper florals, I know the personality, like the little unique touches that makes the, the bouquet special is adding these extra details in there that because you've already made a connection, it just means so much more. And it's not a trial or a tribulation to actually create these extra little blooms for them because it's going to make their days more special and you're going to feel great about it. And that's all about creating custom orders is when you know where it's going to, who they are for, it just makes extra special for you and them because you'll always remember that bouquet that you sent out. For sure. I can imagine yeah. that, like the bride's or the groom's personality. You really get to know their personality. You really get to understand and ask them questions that would otherwise maybe not come up over email, you mm -hmm. know, just because of the flow yep. of the conversation and getting to know them more and more, I think you would have a better understanding of where they're coming from and trust, right? Like half of our, our job is half, if not more, is creating trust between you and your client, making sure that they trust you and your work and your perhaps creative decisions and design as well. And I'm sure that personal touch completely um, creates that, you know, I guess it would create a much stronger bond than over, you know, typed emails. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. But you can get that through email by asking probing questions, going back and forth and asking him about how did he propose? I think that right there tells you the personality of the couple, like how much effort, how much time they put on on asking that important engagement question. So just asking probing questions through email, because I've sent case, you know, throughout the world, you don't have that chance to do that face on face, but email is just really important. Or you can always jump on a FaceTime call through Facebook Messenger or any avenue like Zoom. You can hop on there and you can see each other and having that eye-to-eye -eye contact just makes a huge difference. I agree. And do be sure if you are meeting them in person, follow up with an email with every single detail because it's easy when you're just talking back and forth to miss some small details or timing or something. So when you follow up with that email that lists out all the details, everything you talked about, then you know they might see, oh, we missed this or that or something. Exactly. That's so important. Follow-up is key. Response to brides are really important because not only are they approaching you, they probably are approaching other people too. So if you're quick and responsive to your emails, they'll be like, oh, she's reliable. At the beginning, they don't know who you are. So being quick and responsive is really important. Well, which brings up a good point. When you are talking to the bride, find out who else is involved in their wedding. If they're using a florist, they may be using fresh flowers and incorporating them as decor. You want to 
to, you may want to consider trying to coordinate with that florist or to at least find out what type of flowers, colors of the flowers, so that your your bridal bouquet that you're creating out of paper will coordinate well and complement, you know, the other flowers that are at the mm-hmm. wedding. Yeah. And the florist will appreciate you reaching out to them because they might not know that the bride is using you for her bouquet. So those are our inputs on how to do a bridal consultation. I hope you found this very informative. And if you have any questions, we are here for you guys. So drop a comment. We would love to hear what you think about our podcast. And we would love to do a huge shout out to anyone that leaves a comment to our podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye.